Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast where we explore and embrace the feminine genius in our everyday lives as Catholic women. I am Chloe Linger, and in today's episode, I'm sitting down with Danielle Bean. She's like the fairy godmother of the Catholic writing world, and she's a dear friend of mine, so this is such a joy to share our conversation with you. You know, the week that I recorded this conversation with Danielle, I looked at the Linger family calendar and realized that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday were packed with things like small groups and parish events and haircuts and eye doctor appointments. Now that the world is slowly starting to get back to normal, and I'm using air quotes here around normal, it's crazy how quickly we got back to busy again. And it's crazy how hard it's gotten to say no to things. In today's episode, Danielle and I are talking about her new book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. And it's a book full of real life stories to teach us how to see God in our everyday lives and how that starts with some mental shifts when it comes to our prayer life and saying no to things so that we can say yes to making space to just be with the Lord. If you're struggling with a packed summer schedule and finding it hard to say a simple two-letter word that starts with N and ends with O, then sister, this letter is for you. And this letter is for me. This episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by House of Joppa. They recently launched a new candle line and their Be Not Afraid candle is something that caught my eye immediately. It's inspired by the words of Pope St. John Paul II, inviting us to the lifelong adventure of following Christ without fear. With uplifting notes of fir and cedarwood and juniper berries, you will be transported to the mountains where this wonderful saint, who is my all-time favorite, loved to spend his time. Each candle is individually poured by a woman artisan who is a former refugee, and she's building a new life for herself and her family in the United States. You can find House of Joppa via the link in the show notes today. And remember, Letters to Women listeners get 15% off their order at checkout with the code LETTERS15. That's one word, all caps, LETTERS15. Check out the link to House of Joppa in the show notes or visit their website at houseofjoppa.com. Okay, let's dive into this conversation with Danielle. Today, I am welcoming Danielle Bean back to the Letters to Women podcast. Danielle and I have sat down across the podcast mic from each other many times, covering everything from different seasons of motherhood to prayer in your marriage. She is the brand manager for catholicmom.com and also the creator and host of The Gist, which is a weekly Catholic women's television talk show. She hosts the popular Girlfriends podcast as well, a show I love tuning into. Danielle, welcome back to Letters to Women. What a joy to catch up with you. Yeah, it's always fun to catch up with you here. I feel like we were like lifelong friends with all the back and forths we've done through <laughs> podcasts through the years. <laughs> so tonight we're going to sit down and talk about your newest book, which is Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. And I I am excited to talk with you about topics like letting go and slowing down, learning to say no. That is a topic I'm really excited to dive into with you because it's one, one that I need. So... <laughs> You, you're a regular guest here on the podcast, and I'll, I'm will i going to link a couple of our previous conversations so listeners can check those out in today's episode. So I'm going to switch it up on you a little bit. So normally I would ask a guest to share their story as a Catholic woman, but since you have been here quite a bit, I would love to, to hear about maybe a joy and a challenge in this current season of life that you're in as a Catholic woman. Oh, sure. Okay. So um, so just quick recap for people who aren't familiar with me. Uh, my husband, Dan, and I have eight children. They range in age from 26 down to 14. So I am in a different stage of life from, than from where you are, Chloe, with the little ones around. Um, but I really remember those days. Um, but a particular joy for me at this stage in my life is my relationship with my young adult children. And I, I'm sure you experienced this in your relationship with your mom, Chloe, mm -hmm. that it shifts and changes, especially when you get married and you begin a life of your own, that you are very much able to cultivate a kind of friendship between yourself and your, your parent or with your child. And 
that to me has been such a joy at this season of my life. Not only that, but then, you know, some of my kids are getting married and we're expanding our family in new ways. So that's been a real blessing for me, you know, especially as my kids are getting married. I'm, I'm so aware of the fact that I've all my life prayed for the people that my children will marry. And what a, what a joy to meet them, you know, <laughs> and be like, Hey, I've been praying for you. So it really is a beautiful, a beautiful blessing. Um, and then the flip side, a challenge in this particular season of life, I would say a challenge for me is making good use of my time. And I mean, what I mean by that is, you know, I do find myself having more time that I can devote to work, more time that I can devote to ministry, more time that I can just devote to my own like leisure, my own my own projects. And not that I have a ton. I'm still doing many different things, have many different obligations that I'm juggling, but um, I do have more time. And, and that's part of why I wrote Whispers, because I want to be very conscious about using this time that I have right now to really grow in my relationship with God and uh, discover new ways that he's inviting me into a deeper intimacy with him at this stage in my life. Mm, that's beautiful. I loved reading Whisper because I think what's so beautiful about your writing that I found that's held true with all of your books, even books that you've written about, I know, I think the last time we were talking was about letting go like this season of, mm -hmm. of having an empty nest. But I love what, the fact that all the topics that you're covering really resonate with me, even as a mom who's many seasons behind with still tiny, tiny babies, right. very much the case with Whisper too. So I'd love to hear more about maybe the inspiration behind this book and why it's a good book to dive into now as a Catholic woman. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that the, what came, you know, what came about when I, I decided I wanted to write a book like this was I was realizing that I'm, I am at a different stage in my life and that I'm experiencing God in a different way, kind of in a no duh way. Like, you know, well, I would have told you years ago, yes, God is present. He's always with me in every moment of every day, blah, blah, blah. But I just kind of knew that on the surface, like I understood it, but I didn't know it, feel it, experience it fully in my heart in the way that I've been able to in these more recent years. So kind of, you know, discovering that, coming to the realization that, you know, my spiritual life isn't something I'm going to accomplish. It's not something I'm going to get a grade on at the end of the day. Us more driven type A kinds of personalities tend to think in that way, whether we're doing it consciously or not. You know, I would have said, of course, you know, my, my relationship with God is not a book report. But at the same time, sometimes we end up treating it like that. Like we're, we're accomplishing something inside of our spiritual lives and it's on us to do it. And I came to realize that being more receptive to God is really something that's more possible for me to do at this stage of my life. But all along, that's been how he's been wanting to connect with me. Mm. Like, hey, slow down a minute, pause, take a breath, look me in the eyes kind of thing. And um, I'm really, I, I've been really blessed to be able to experience that in new ways and just really wanting to be intentional about how I'm experiencing this and then share my experiences of it in a way that I hope will be encouraging to others to encourage them to look for the unique ways that God is speaking to them God is present to them inside of every moment of their ordinary lives. Yeah, I'm also the type A organizer, you know, who fulfills <laughs> every stereotype of the oldest child that you can think of. And so I think that, yeah, reading this inc was incredibly helpful to know that A, I'm not alone and B, there there's advice out there for how to kind of, yeah, to go, to work through this idea of the DIY spirituality. Like I can do this yes. on my own and I'm going to, I'm the one who's going to pursue the Lord. And so I love how you speak really into the shift that happened when you made this change from going from chasing God, 
to realizing, mm-hmm. no, it's God who pursues us um, and who right. waits for us. So I would, you've spoken about this, the shift a little bit, but I would also like to hear what that meant for your daily life and pr- like practically mm-hmm. when you, when you made that shift, what, what difference did that make for you? Yeah. I mean, it, what it really looked like was making room for quiet in my life, honestly, as simple as that. Mm. And every person can do this. Even if you're a really busy mom, even if you're juggling many things or a working student or all the stuff that you've got going on, like everybody can make a more concerted effort to put more quiet in your life. And, um, you know, and that's what I find has um, been sort of a fruit of this season for me is that I am looking for ways that I can do that. You know, first and foremost, yes, with daily, daily prayer time. And uh, generally I try to do that in the mornings. And, you know, when all my kids were little, I, I could maybe manage five or 10 minutes in the mornings. And, you know, people say like, oh, get up before the kids do. Well, sometimes you're exhausted because you've been up nursing or with a toddler all night long. And so no, I'm not going to get up before the kids do, you know, there were many, many days in my life that were like that. And so, yeah, I'm waking up with them jumping on me in bed and my day is starting that way. And God knows all about it. You know, I think that recognize that, but then look for ways that you can, whether it's going behind a locked door for five minutes or taking better advantage of during nap times. Um, for, for me, it is, I am more capable now of spending my, you know, my first hour of the day in that kind of quiet prayer meditation. I, I use various kinds of things and I'm always kind of shifting what I do during that time, but it isn't so much about what I do. And that's been the real change for me that I don't have to have a plan. I don't have to have a book I'm working through. I don't have to have journal questions that I'm ticking off and writing all the right answers in. It's about just being present. It's about showing up. And actually, there's a lot of relief in knowing that because it's not about anything we're doing. Prayer is about showing up and, you know, first of all, making it a priority enough that you have that space for quiet in your life. You know, for years, Chloe, I I, I really enjoy different kinds of fitness and, um, you know, the challenge of it. And I, I've been dedicated to various kinds of ways of, um, you know, engaging in exercise through the years. And for years, I would make that the first thing I did in the morning because I was following all the advice and there's nothing wrong with doing that, of course. Um, and, but, you know, they were like, you know, lay your clothes out the night before, first thing in the morning, do it. Otherwise, it's not going to get done. And that very much was my experience because if I didn't get my run in first thing in the morning, I was spending the rest of my day trying to figure out, can I do it here? Could I do it here? Oh, no, it doesn't quite. No, I'm getting interrupted. And so I know how the day can get away from you like that. But I had sort of a jarring moment uh, a few years back now where I was like, why why am I getting up and doing exercise first thing? Like that's my number one priority. And there's nothing wrong with it being a priority. But And then I'm trying to squeeze prayer in somewhere else. And so I really just made that fundamental shift and that was life-changing for me. Whereas I, I definitely prayed before that, but it wasn't in the same way. It wasn't in the same regular pattern. It wasn't me being intentional about setting that quiet time aside. And I think there's a lot of good fruit that comes from that. You're not going to instantly have the heavens open up and grow a halo when you do it, but there's God really does reward you just showing up. Just that consistency is so vitally important. I like especially to kind of this idea of making the space for prayer 
before doing things like, oh, I got to work on my to-do list. I've got to do all these things, mm-hmm. which are, like you said, are not, it's not bad to have those things a priority, but getting sure. first things first. Um, and yeah, recognizing that I don't have to get all of my to-do list done so that I can make time for prayer, but that I make time for prayer so that the things that need to get done, get done. And like you, right. I think you and I are on the same page in, in terms of the organizer type A. That's hard mm-hmm. to surrender because sure. that's, yeah, it's making space. And sometimes, especially in prayer, it feels like, I'm just showing up. I'm just showing up. There's not like a, mm-hmm. a lot of like tangible productivity, especially right. in, a, in a world that values that. Like, oh, what did you do? I sat in silence for 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> They're like, what did exactly? that accomplish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it accomplished something of infinite value. Yes. And we need to make our peace with knowing that, knowing the world won't recognize it. Probably never going to get an award for mm-hmm. doing it, but we're, we're made for it. And your whole life, all of your relationships, all of your work will benefit from you having that basic that basic thing that basic self-care in place yes amen you know i'm looking at the table of contents of your new book and it talks a lot about topics of leaning in letting go slowing Mm -hmm. down those are just the three that stuck out and they're one three among many um but something that really resonated with me as i was reading the book is realizing the importance of saying no even to good Mm -hmm. things um, to right. make time for silence in our life. And I don't think I'm the only one who struggles with saying no, especially as the world's kind of starting to go back to quote unquote normal. Um, yeah. And obligations and, and opportunities are kind of cropping back up as possibilities again. Why is mm-hmm. it Why is it so hard for us, especially as Catholic yeah. women, to say no to things? Right. Well, first of all, it's because there's so many good things to do, right? We're, we're valuing many things and we can see the good that we're able to accomplish in many different areas. But I think what we don't pause often enough to recognize is the, that each of these good things we say yes to comes at a cost to our time, to our energy, to our families, to our family's routine, to meal times, to nap times, all of these things, you know, it comes at a cost and we need to be weighing those things and deciding very carefully what we'll say yes to. And I always encourage moms, especially to be very stingy with your time because, you know, we don't have a a finite amount of love. We have infinite love that we can have for our children and for our family and for our friends and for our community. But we do have a finite amount of energy, attention, that kind of thing, time. Um, So we do need to be very, very choosy about how we're going to spend it. And I think erring on the side of saying no to things and then, you know, possibly in the future, adding a little something here or there is a much more healthy and balanced way to go about it than what the default is for many people is keep saying yes, keep saying yes until you're almost ready to have a breakdown. And then you have to reassess or let something go when you feel like a big failure. And, you know, that's such an unhealthy pattern. And yet there's so much about our culture that encourages that. Like you said, that kind of feeling like you earn your worth by being busy. It's, it's crazy. Um, And just that constant pressure. I, I was, I, as soon as I started noticing how often people said the word busy and referred to themselves as busy, like, like it was some kind of virtue it really stands out to me now. Spend a little time thinking about it and then, you know, pay attention to what people say. Like, I remember going into a work meeting and it was like every single person there was trying to justify their worth, I think, by talking about how busy they were. So busy. And I was thinking, what is the value of this? I don't value that. I know what it feels like to be busy and I don't I don't want that. And it doesn't benefit my my relationships. It certainly doesn't benefit my work when I'm pulled in a hundred different directions. And so really, I think we need to give ourselves permission and, and we women can begin by affirming for one another the importance of saying no, that when you say no to something, it really is a yes you're saying to the things you're already doing. 
and a big yes. You know, you want to say a big yes to your family, to your home, to whatever work you're doing, then you know, you do have to say no to some things to preserve that yes, to protect that yes to those things that you really value and are really important to you. So, I mean, I think the more we can talk openly about these things, the more we can kind of make it okay to say no. Um, I, you know, I, it's something you can get better at doing and you can grow more comfortable at doing for sure. At this stage of my life, I'm 49 now. I've had enough life experience where I am more comfortable saying no than when I was younger. I am more comfortable in my own skin and just saying, you know, that's, that's not going to work for me. And um, I had a great revelation years ago when my older sister, who's so wise, and I've learned so much from her through the years, told me, no is a complete sentence. You don't, you don't have to explain it to anybody. And sometimes that was my big stress. I couldn't say no because I didn't know how to adequately explain to the person why I was saying no, but I don't have to. And you can just say no, and maybe it's going to be socially awkward, but find a way to say it where you don't have to share more information. Just say, oh, that's not going to work for me right now. Or I, I, I don't think that makes sense for me right now. Or I can't take that on right now. I'd love to, but I can't. Thank you for thinking of me. You know, have some of those phrases. Repeat them on your own over and over in your car, driving to the place where you know you're going to get asked to do something. <laughs> be prepared ahead of time. And, um, you know, get comfortable saying those things and, and people will adjust their expectations accordingly. The world will not fall apart. I love that last last line. People are going to adjust their expectations too. That when you're constantly saying, yeah, sure. You know what? Yep, I can do that. Sure, I'll take that on. Right. Where you're creating this expectation that your default is yes. And that makes it mm -hmm. even harder to shift to that no when you've created this expectation that you can ask her because she's going to say yes. Like she doesn't say right. no to things. Right, Yeah, and like I said, there's so many good things. It's not like you're saying it's not a valuable thing. And then the, the, the other side of it too, though, sometimes I know I've experienced this, is you feel pressured to say no because it is a good thing. It's a good opportunity maybe even in your work. And you just, you have kind of this scarcity complex. Like I can't say no to that. I may never get asked again. I may never have that opportunity again. I have to say yes, 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 yes to all the things, no matter what it costs me. And for sure, I've fallen prey to that through the years. And I think we need to remind ourselves, our God is a God of abundance. If you are saying no to something, it's going to allow somebody else that opportunity. And when it's the right time and place for you, God's going to provide for you the opportunity he wants you to have. And so we need to kind of rest in that rather than this kind of scrambling and feeling like we're, we're, we're never getting enough. Know that there's more than enough. And God has a unique plan for you and saying no to that particular thing that doesn't seem like a good fit or feels like too much right now is very much a part of his plan. That's so helpful. I love how you touched on this idea of scarcity. Another, I think, line of thought that can keep a lot of us from saying no is, gosh, I'm just going to disappoint them, though. I know they're expecting mm. this of me. Um, right. When it comes to kind of sorting through expectations or this fear of what others will think, do you have any practical advice on how to say no when maybe that is kind of the, the train yeah. of thought that we're yeah. kind of wrestling with? Well, I think, you know, let's be honest and, and recognize that's not a healthy way to interact with other people, Amen. right? Always being concerned that you're going to be disappointing them. And uh, recently, I, I don't remember where I bumped into it, but somebody was saying like, you know, if you if you go around saying I'm very in tune with other people's feelings and I, I feel their feelings, you know, deeply and they affect me deeply and I'm very concerned about other people's feelings. They said that might make you feel like, oh, I'm a good person. I'm compassionate, right? Well, maybe not. Maybe it just means you're kind of, uh, I think the word is codependent, right? If you were, if you were raised in an environment where you're constantly trying to please people and it doesn't mean you had an abusive childhood. I mean, it, it certainly could be a result of that, but it could be just a bad habit that you've established of being hyper-focused on other people's feelings and wanting to control those things and not being okay just 
letting some things go, not being okay, letting some, you know, letting some people be quote unquote disappointed that you didn't pull through on some particular thing. You know, I'll never forget years ago that my, my young daughter, Juliet, who's, um, she's a junior in college this coming year. So she's pretty much grown up. But back when she was in like middle school, she took the bus for softball and, um, we were homeschooling. So I was kind of interested in what her experience was on the bus, you know? <laughs> and so on the way home, I was asking her about it. And she, and I said, like, did you sit by yourself or how did it feel? And she's like, oh yeah, I sat by myself on the way back. And I was like, oh, oh was that awkward or whatever? And she's like, no, I, I chose to do that. I said, oh, and she said, there was this girl who asked if she could sit with me. And um, I just told her no, because she sat with me on the way there. And I didn't like how she was talking about some of the other girls. And so I didn't want to do that again. And I was like, whoa. And I said, how did you tell her no, that she couldn't sit with you? And she said, I just told her personal space. <laughs> and I was floored. Here is this like 11 or 12 year old girl who's so much braver than I am, you know, so much more comfortable and confident in herself and in setting these reasonable boundaries for herself. And I thought, gosh, I'm barely there now. I certainly wasn't there when I was 11 or 12 years old, but that like taught me something like that. I can respect that. I admire it. I really value it. I aspire to it. Mm -hmm. And so let's, let's just remember Juliet when you're in those moments, you know, <laughs> personal space, it applies to so many things, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. I'm going to file that one away for the next time that I have to say, <laughs> yeah, no personal space. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And for her to have that clarity and to know what she needed at that young of an age is incredibly impressive. Good job, Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's my hero. You know, there's, there's this huge temptation to busyness, which we've been talking mm -hmm. about this temptation to prove our worth through our productivity which is why I love your chapter on slowing down and seeking God in the stillness. Can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about what rest looks like for us right. as Catholic women and how do we resist the urge to maybe clean or go cross things off the to-do list or do anything besides rest? Mm, I know. And you know, this applies like emotionally, spiritually, physically, we just resist rest, don't we? Mm -hmm. And, um, I know this is something I, I struggle with in an ongoing way. My, my husband, Dan, will tell you, and he's such a gift to me in this. And so if you have a husband who can play this role for you, I really encourage you to, to use him for that because um, he'll he'll call me out on it when like, you know, the kids are over, my, my bigger kids, and we're just hanging out, you know, in the evening talking or whatever. I'll be the one who's getting up and starting to load the dishwasher. You know, I'll be the one who's starting to clear plates or whatever. And he, he will not fail to say, what are you doing? Like, have a seat. So we can, we can enjoy each other's company right now. And yeah, every time I'm jarred, like I did it without thinking, like I just feel this urge and, you know, thanks be to God for women who do all these important things every day. Right. Um, it's important, but at the same time, it's not more important than some of these other things. And so we do need to retrain ourselves. And sometimes it's going to look like putting your phone away, like put, putting it behind a closed door and being in the other room for the evening, you know, have boundaries like that for yourself. Or um, sometimes it's going to look like, yeah, I'm I'm not going to load the dishwasher right now. I'm going to let those dishes sit and there's plenty of time to get to them in the morning or whatever it is that, you know, finding that rest physically speaking is a challenge for, for many of us. But then emotionally, spiritually, like I said, there's that temptation to feel like your, your relationship with God is something you're going to do, something you're going to accomplish, something you can check off, a box you can check off. And you know what the trouble is with that, Chloe? The, the problem is when you start approaching it that way, first of all, there's, there, it's very prideful to think we're going to do something that's going to wow God, right? Like, what, what are we thinking? No. And, but then, you know, on the other side of it though, is 
when it feels like another to do, when it begin when we begin to categorize it like another chore that we have to do, then you know we feel burdened by it rather than seeing it as a gift and an invitation, something we're made for, something God wants to give us a good thing that God wants to give us for our own good is that connection with him. We're built for it, we're made for it. We find lasting peace, joy, fulfillment in that relationship with our creator. Nowhere else, nowhere else in all of these things we're doing are we going to find that. And so God is inviting us in, always very gently, always a gentleman, not pushing, not, mm-hmm. not forcing us to do anything, but always inviting us into that deeper relationship with him. And it does require that we show up and we quiet ourselves and we're still. And as often as your mind goes wandering off, you pull it back mm-hmm. and you quiet yourself again and just keep making that effort because it is something you can get better at doing. Yeah. I like how you talked about just kind of similar to like, you can grow in your ability to say no, like you can grow in your ability to rest. And then I think too, mm-hmm. like having realistic expectations from going from, Oh, I have to do this and get it done. And I have this to do list. And here's my busy, busy schedule to making space for rest and resting. That's a hard switch. And so I think being g- mm-hmm. gentle with yourself in that transition to finding space for rest, making space right. for rest and resting is, is important to remember too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. When we learn to say no to some things, we also, like you said, are saying yes to the things that really matter, like Mm -hmm. everyday encounters with God that we can stop to appreciate when our calendars aren't chock full of commitments and busyness. When you think about your own journey as a Catholic woman, what are some of your favorite memories of encountering God in those ordinary experiences of the everyday? Yeah, you know, this is such a big one because I, you know, even in those years when I was busy and kind of out straight with all the little kids, I did very much struggle and um, sometimes succeeded, sometimes failed. Uh, But I always wanted to, I always had the goal of kind of paying attention to those little things, those little moments, you know, and just, just remembering to say a prayer in that moment, like, please, God, let me, let me to see the value of this moment, like a simple thing. Like we live near the lake. And so when, when our kids were little on, on some of these dog days of summer, like we're going through right now, if, you know, after dinner, we would just take a, a short walk to the lake and, and then swim. And then just coming back with the, with the kids who were refreshed from swimming in the lake and, you know, changing into their pajamas and, and going into bed with fans running. Cause we didn't have the air conditioners back then. You know, I, I just remember being so carefully cognizant of the fact that yes, some of the time I was pregnant, I was sweaty, I was gross, I, you know, I was tired, but but I also was aware of the sweet simplicity of the beauty of some of those very small details, the small joys that God calls us into. So whatever age or stage of life you're at, maybe it's going to be enjoying time nursing your infant in the middle of the night. I that was one that always stood out to me like I never like, you know, I like getting a good night's sleep. So I never liked having to get up and be awake and, you know, all hours of the night, whether it was with a cranky toddler or with a, a nursing infant. But I came to appreciate the stillness and the peace that I would experience at night when things were quiet and dark in the house. And it was just me and the baby and God. And, um, you know, so small things like that, I think we need to get in the habit, whether you're a young mom with many kids or you're an older mom and you're finding more spaces and more quiet in your life, we need to get in the habit of interrupting ourselves and just taking note of your surroundings, counting your blessings. I mean, they're innumerable. And, you know, St. Ignatius says that ingratitude is, is the greatest sin. And I'm coming to see that, especially now at this stage of my life, like not being grateful for all these beautiful gifts that God pours out for us every day. You know, just the fact that we're breathing air into our lungs and our our hearts are beating in our chests and we have 
you know, family that we love and food and a home and, you know, all of these things that we can list down to just the tiny details of the pleasure of maybe walking outdoors and feeling the sunshine on your skin or a cool breeze in the evening, whatever it is, those tiny joys are fully part of how God is blessing you and God is speaking to you. All of the ways we experience joy or pleasure or beauty are all reflections of the goodness of God. And we can train ourselves to pay more attention to them and get in the habit of interrupting yourself and then just taking note of what those little things are all around you. That answer speaks so beautifully to what listeners will find in Whisper, which is this beautiful mix of the big questions, but also really practical tips. And then just the stories that you weave in from your own life. If they're listening and they want to get more, where can they pick up a copy of Whisper? And then, yeah, how can they connect with you online after our episode together? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, So you can get Whisper at ascensionpress.com. Um, you know, support Catholic publishers. You can, you can definitely get the book on Amazon and I'll be grateful if you do, but, um, even more so if you can, uh, you know, support Ascension and the good work that they're doing, um, by buying the book book directly from them. That's, it's a much bigger support to them if you do that. So it's at ascensionpress.com. Like I said, also available, um, at Amazon soon to be available on audible. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, um, that's going to be, a, I think that right now they're, they said probably mid-August or so okay. that's going to be available. Um, and a Kindle version as well is available, so you can get that there. And then for connecting with me, I, I'm mostly active on Instagram these days. Mm-hmm. So I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram. I would love to connect with you there. If you give me a follow, send me a message, let me know you, you heard me on this podcast. And I, I'd love to make you my new friend over there on the IG. You know, Daniel, every conversation that we've had here on this podcast, I've asked you this question and I love hearing your answers. So I'm excited to hear it tonight. How how do you live out the feminine genius in your everyday life, especially as a Catholic woman who's encouraging others to find God to make space to hear him in the everyday? Yeah. Well, the way I'm especially doing it these days is is through my my work and um, my writing, especially. So inside of Whisper, that that's fully what I'm hoping to do is encourage others. And the particular way that I've been feeling called to do it, and I do this in the pages of Whisper for sure, is by sharing my own stories, sharing my own struggles, but then even just some of the mundane details of, you know, sometimes embarrassing small details of the ways in which I'm struggling or the ways that I I feel like maybe I'm triumphing a little bit or the ways that I feel God is calling me into deeper communion with him. I think it can be really encouraging when we women connect with one another over those kinds of tiny details. Now, that's pretty much been, you know, the my MO throughout all of my sharing through the years and the different ways that I write. But I think especially in Whisper, I'm I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable in this book in that I'm sharing these deeply personal kind of spiritual thoughts, spiritual experiences, and not in a way that I'm, I'm hopeful, doesn't come across as me kind of saying, oh, I've got it all figured out. Here I am with my, my halo and I'm ready for sainthood. But just like, th- here's, here's how it works for me. And I hope that my sharing that, the ordinariness of it, you know, because like I hit send on this manuscript and then immediately I was like, that's the dumbest thing I ever wrote. Oh. Like, <laughs> and you know what? And, and it's because it's so simple, so ordinary, the kind of sharing that I'm doing in this book. And um, yet I still feel really vulnerable in that. And I think that it's in that vulnerability that when we women connect with one another, that is part of our feminine genius that we're, we're able to connect through those small details, through the ordinariness, we can see the value of it and we can affirm that value for one another. Mm, that's so good. Well, thanks for trusting us to be vulnerable in this book. It's 
I loved reading it. I know that this is one that I'm going to pull off the shelves multiple times, especially, yeah, in different seasons or when I'm tempted, per usual, this is very often a temptation that I face to just, to not make space and to just kind of mm-hmm. white knuckle my way through. So thanks for, right. for sharing so beautifully in Whisper and thanks for coming on Letters to Women. It's just, I always love sitting down across the podcast mic for you and catching up. This has been wonderful. Yes, I've really enjoyed it too, Chloe. I I know we'll be connecting again in different ways in the future, but I'm grateful for every minute we get to share together. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. Check out the show notes for my conversation with Danielle over at letterstowomenpodcast.com, or you can just scroll down to browse through links to Danielle's book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. If you're looking for a really great read that not only wrestles with big questions like where is God, but then also gives you some really fun tips and relatable stories, you're going to want to get a copy of Whisper. You'll also find the links to Danielle and I's previous podcast episodes together. And I'm going to link an episode to her girlfriend's podcast that was honored to be a guest on where I shared more about the Letters to Women podcast and the Letters to Women book. Speaking of this new book, Letters to Women, Embracing the Feminine Genius in Everyday Life is published through Tan Books. And in it, you'll find 30 letters from different women and they're written to encourage and accompany you in your own exploration of the feminine genius. You can find the new Letters to Women book at tanbooks.com, anywhere you find books or at your local Catholic bookstore. I also want to give out a shout out to the RCIA Inquires and Catechumens at Our Lady of Good Counsel Parish in Kansas City, Missouri. I got to sit down with them a couple weeks ago and talk about what the Catholic Church really says about women and this idea of the feminine genius, and it was an absolute blast and an honor. You can hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss a single new episode. And if you're an Apple user, it would be really great if you left letters to women. Just a quick review and let me know how I'm doing and tell other Catholic women about why you like the show. You can check out all the behind the scenes information over at my Instagram account at letters to women underscore podcast. I love diving more into topics covered in podcast episodes and sharing some quotes from the show that really struck me over there. And I also love talking with you in the comments and getting to know you better in DMs. And that is all I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid.